Hi, in this episode of Ivy Matters, we talk to four DP students from the school where Vikas Pawa teaches. All four are in their second year of the diploma program and have done a great deal of reflecting upon what they have learned so far. They've determined that mental and emotional health are tied together and can be best maintained through communication amongst the students, teachers, and school leaders. While the diploma program is definitely challenging, all four of these students have found ways to be successful and they would like to share what they have learned with our audience. I think you'll see how universal the IB experience is and how their toolbox can also be useful to you and your students. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to IB Matters. Uh, we have uh, a special recording today with uh, a, a longtime friend of the podcast, Vikas Pawa, is here. And last time we spoke, we were uh, looking to see if we could bring some of his students in. And for those of you listening around the world, one of the cool things about IB is that the uh, student experience is so similar everywhere you go. And uh, our four students, our four guests today, are going to share some of the things that they've learned about uh, being IB students. And uh, specifically, they're going to talk about some things related to uh, what they've learned about mental health, communication, emotional health. And as they do so, um, I think our listeners, whether you're a student or whether you're an IB teacher or a prospective school or parent, I think you'll be interested to hear uh, the student's perspective. And for those of you that are students around the world, you're going to notice also how similar the experience is because that's the thing with IB. It's it's a it's an international program that brings students along in, in similar ways, no matter where you live. So let's uh, go ahead and introduce folks. Maybe Vikas, if you want to start, reintroduce yourself to our audience, and then we'll go through and, and hear from the four students, and then we'll get into our, our topics today. Welcome. Hi, John. Thank you for bringing us on back once again. It's always a pleasure to be with here and talk to you and reach the global audience. Hi, everyone. Vikas here once again and from Shivnath School, Gurgaon. Today, I have four of my students, IBDP students who are there to share their experiences and thoughts about, as John just mentioned, their experiences, emotional, mental health, communication, especially not only because of these last two years we've gone through, but also because of the fact that IB exams were on, isn't it? So I'll uh, moving forward, I'll ask them to introduce themselves. And here we go. Thank you. All right, go ahead. Hi, I'm Bahar Tigra. Thank you for having me today. Um, I am currently in IBDP year two, and I um, I've been I've been doing CBSE before. It's a national curriculum, and it was a lot more easier than the DP curriculum. But I really enjoy it. That sounds good. Hi, I'm Tara Varma. Uh, I'm also in IBDP year two. We've recently come into IBDP year two. It's been a fun experience. I was doing IGCSE before this in ninth and tenth grade, and that's me. Hi, I'm Kashvi. I am also currently in IBDP year two. Um, I have done international curriculums since the very start. So in middle school, I was in the Cambridge Board, CAIE, uh, and I've done IGCSE in 9th and 10th grade. Uh, yeah, and I've been doing IBDP in 11th and 12th. And so far, I'd say it's been a good journey. Uh, yeah, that's about me. Okay, so I'm Mansaga. I'm presently in grade 12 IB. Um, I did the national curriculum before, which is the Central Board of Secondary Education until 10th grade. Um, and I'm like really excited for the podcast because like I am already a member of a gender equality club, which talks about mental health for people from the LGBTQI also. So like connecting it with this also um, makes it like more relatable for me because I have the um, queer perspective of it also. Yeah, so let's uh, go ahead and get into our topic. And and thanks again to all of you for being here. Um, it sounds like, you know, we, kind of a common theme. You're all uh, senior or year two students in the diploma program, and you've all had various types of international curricula in your background. Um, and now you've arrived at the IB and, and have been in a part of it now for a couple of years. So um, 
it sounds interesting to, I mean, I think it's interesting to, for folks to kind of understand there's a lot of pressure we hear about, and I've experienced it uh, in students myself when I was a coordinator, um, and that is that, the, you know, kind of the mental health. What are, what are the uh, kind of pitfalls of doing a program that is as rigorous and challenging as the IB program? And um, you guys have, have talked about mental health and have kind of studied it and looked at it you know, from your own perspective. Uh, let's talk a little bit about it. What do you, what do you think constitutes uh, mental health for uh, a young person such as yourself? So I think mental health for me would be having balance between obviously my work life and my personal life. And uh, adding to that, like, obviously things can't be perfect in life, but at least uh, attaining a balance would be very, it'll make things very easier for me to actually work in this rigorous um program other than that mental health is also where you understand for me at least where I understand what I am going through and I accept it and I work to improve myself I think mental health for me is like emotional psychological well-being because um when you stress out and you're not feeling at peace when you and you have good mental health you can always come back to good decision making and like calm yourself down and it all like Bahar said it obviously constitutes the fact that you know yourself well for it so kind of following Bahar and Madhurya um i guess for me personally it's kind of things um kind of having a balance between sequencing my work to not stress me out or uh, not give me kind of anxiety that um i have to get work done but am i stressing about it am i keeping a calm mindset am i keeping an organized mindset about it so it's kind of having that um healthy environment and thought process based around work where it keeps me calm and at peace uh, so that I can kind of work through all my uh, like struggles, challenges and work that I have to do being part of the IB program because it's not just academics for us. It's a large variety of things, right? So, yeah. I think mental health is the state of our mind, right? Like how how we're feeling or what we're thinking and it's positive it's negative it's it's not obviously going to remain the same throughout because we experience a lot of different things and our mental health changes accordingly but i believe it's basically our state of mind and so basically kind of our essence because it is also we are what our mind is i guess so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so those are all themes that that I've heard um, uh, from students in, in IB and uh, the experiences. A couple of the things that you guys uh, talked about that I think are are going to be helpful is kind of to find out. So, did you kind of learn this? Did you go in uh, into the program? Now, you've all mentioned your international curriculum background, but did you go into the program with the skills to do this, or do you feel like the skills developed? Uh, through going through the program. In other words, kind of a, we talk about a, a, a trial by fire. In other words, under pressure, did you find the, the tools or do you feel you had the tools ahead of time? I mean, I mean, there's always scope for improvement everywhere, right? So um, obviously there was development and it was not something that like, for me personally, I don't think I had all the skills for um, fitting into the curriculum, I developed, I learned new things, and then I was able to kind of manage all my assignments and CAS as well, because, uh, and I really enjoy, you know, doing things that is outside of academics. So obviously these, these are skills that we, you know, have developed and not something that we already had from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd agree. I. I kind of agree where I think um, where it comes to IB. So even though I've come from uh, IGCSC beforehand, uh, I, again, don't think I was completely set with all the, like, I didn't have the full skill set and all the tools that I needed uh, to kind of go into this program and, um, like, 
I had to find my way through on how to deal with a lot of different aspects, right? Uh, as Bahar mentioned about caste, so it's not just academics you're looking at; you're looking at extracurriculars as well. Um, and obviously, both are enjoyable in its own place uh, because I love to kind of branch out and try to do everything at once. Um, but it, I have to work through a variety of problems. Uh, to kind of get through to the level that i can do what i want at any given moment so yeah coming into this i don't think i had the full skill set but i think with already doing a year of ib um i have not all but i have gained more knowledge and more kind of tools to help me uh kind of get through and manage all my interests and all my uh well keeping requirements in mind as well uh, kind of keep all those things settled into one place and actually feel achieved about doing a lot of things together so yeah mhm well put thank you i think shifting from cbsc to iib was a massive change for me so national board to international board firstly the grading system is very different and iib's grading system is so rigorous and um in cbse you could actually memorize and still get good marks iib you kind of have to get very acquainted with the concepts and get into the topic personally i was really struggling with the subjects i took i took subjects that i was not very sure about which was a mistake made by me mm-hmm. um but then eventually like you overcame it and you learned how to deal with it you like learned how to branch out and communicate with your teachers and like teachers were very helpful also I think I connect with Madhurya a lot on this point because I also did the national curriculum before doing the international curriculum, where the grading system is different. Um, what the other thing that's different is that you're doing something that you've been doing since I don't know first grade, and then you suddenly for the last two years of your schooling you just completely change the board. Mm-hmm. So it gets very uh, tough initially. to understand what we required to do because obviously we conditioned in a particular way and then you suddenly have to come out break the barriers and change what you're already you what you've been doing for so long mm-hmm. yeah i think that's that's kind of a good endorsement for you know those of you that are are in listening and you have a a continuum ib school where you come in with an myp middle years program background it has kind of a more similar mindset uh, to the diploma program than some other programs have this idea that you like you said that you could memorize things and get some facts straight and do really well in exams that's one of the things we take pride in of course in the IB is that you need to deep get into the concepts uh and have a better deeper understanding of the subjects not necessarily uh so much about the facts so it is interesting because it is a different approach when you're doing education as either a student or as a teacher right vikas i see you smiling <laughs> yeah i was just trying to assimilate all the interesting aspects which they are putting across especially that balance aspect of uh, mm-hmm. you know trying to bring about those skill sets as well as to you know manage time i think because this reminds me of the atls which ib has where you know you tend to develop in terms and, and of course i think emotional skills do come in there as well and uh, yes uh, in a way what they said about the national curriculum and IB I think both the curriculums have their own advantages and their own you know things which any any curriculum for that matter uh, there is always scope for improvement as there is in learning so both curriculums have their advantages both have their scopes of improvement each gives their its own form of rigor and levels of learning and i think it's up to us as both as educators as well as learners that you know where and what we pick up and uh, they being uh, ib students and i think uh, spending that one one and a half to two years here in ib i think surely i mean that comparison comes out naturally but i think uh, ib would give them a very different uh, picture a new picture in fact of things and uh, i'm sure they're going to be in good stead as they move forward mhm uh, i'd also like to just kind of uh, emphasize a point also i think it was kashri that said uh, talked about her other interests and the way that cas is designed uh it is intended to um essentially 
uh, enforce the fact that you should keep up your other interests and, and encourages you to get outside the classroom and, and don't give up those other interests, stay in athletics, stay in clubs, stay in uh, your musical interests uh, or hobbies, things like that, and find a way to really uh, let your brain kind of work in a different way than just always academics. And I think that's also a, a piece of it. Do, do any of you, uh, the rest of you have anything to maybe talk about some of the interests that you've been able to continue to develop through your work in CAS? For me, I had art uh, in IJCSE, and it used to be very, very tedious. But when I started doing it for CAS instead, it became easier. I didn't have the pressure of a deadline. I didn't have the pressure of keeping the quality. It could be whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that way it really helped me firstly develop my skills and also develop my passion for it. And the fact that, so we have these random um, fundraisers in schools where fundraisers in our school where we create stuff and then we sell it and raise funds. And I was able to give my, uh, make something and help add to that so that made me feel good and it also well i helped and it makes a difference a tiny one but it does mm -hmm. so. right yeah it's the thing about cast it's pretty open-ended and it's up to you to kind of chase your your real interests and i think that's a great way to think about it is that it's no one's forcing you to do it in a certain timeline you just have a you have a long time to develop it which is i think helpful for it's probably quite helpful for the mental health I am really interested in theater. So um, I used to first learn theater um, before CAS. Yep. And once I was introduced to CAS, I started taking um, theater classes slash sessions with younger kids. And I always feel that, you know, once you interact with new people, you learn new things. Mm -hmm. Because even though I was you know in our school um we 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 had auditions to be chosen to uh do theater and i was always one of the top three there but um i had some um things that i wasn't good at because i don't open up that easily and in theater you have to be very swift and you have to be very impromptu so looking at those kids being just doing anything and it making sense made me realize that if i'm just a little bit more open it can help me improve my skills so i think if it wasn't for cast i wouldn't have taken those sessions and even though i was helping them developing their skills they helped me in turn as well mm -hmm. I think most people hate cast reflection, but I guess it has really helped me because I can see progress in what I am doing. And that kind of motivates me to do more work. Like I initially started doing art and I did sketches initially and they were not exactly very appealing. But after progress of like four months, five months down the line, at least they look more human-like. And um, I think if I were not a person making them, I would definitely buy them. So I can see progress in myself. And also like with activity, I started working out because after COVID, I think all of us got a bit lazy to some extent and um, just gave up on like being active. Yeah, but then uh, we got back to like working out and that really helped me with my mental health also because like when you're sitting all the day, you start like having unwanted thoughts and you start overthinking. So like even working out through CAS helped me like improve my mental health in COVID also. I think CAS is the biggest stress buster for me because all, doing all these not... Okay doing all these um, activities, it's something other than academics. So I am not, while I'm doing... I'm not thinking about, you know, what all pending work I have or what I have to study on my own for my tests or for future examinations as well. So, you know, it acts as a huge stress buster, which like kind of helps us release stress. So a healthy mind. I couldn't agree more with Bahar. Uh, one of the CAS experiences that I have, one of the longer CAS experiences is in activity where uh, I've put soccer as my activity because I've always loved playing soccer, not just as a competitive sport, but just in general, because I find myself a lot of the times if I'm just even playing with friends um, casually or just 
doing some training on my own for soccer uh, i kind of find myself to be very relaxed and in a mindset where i'm not stressing out at all in fact i think there is some part to it where kicking a soccer ball around kind of releases that stress because i kind of channel my stress through just like kicking the ball around or just training and stuff like that so it's not only fun for me to do that activity um it's kind of relieving to uh come back from like from doing work doing uh like channeling my mind through school into academics and stuff like that and channeling it into my extracurriculars in soccer and kind of just playing having fun but also kind of seeing how uh, i have developed my skills in soccer so it's not only having that stress buster activity for cas but it's also seeing that how i've progressed over a year or so from doing cas and everything And that's and that's a lifelong lesson. I think you know, even at my uh, advanced stage, it's still important for me to get out and and uh, play tennis or whatever other thing I do, so that I can kind of keep my mind uh, on other things. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's included in the requirements. I love the fact that that uh, uh, you were talking earlier about uh, everyone hates cast reflections, right? And and the idea that they actually, when you go back and look at them, they actually play a role in understanding your progress and how you think about yourself um but you know even even with this it can be a stress maker because you go oh i've got to write those reflections but then as you said it's a stress buster because the actual activity uh plays such a, an important role i want to get back to a little bit of uh what we talked about about the stress and i don't want to make this about uh anxiety necessarily but we are talking a little bit about mental health and maybe um if you want to what are some of the things that have have been the toughest for you the biggest challenges to your kind of mental health in going through the program is it is it what people would assume is just lots of assignments or a big exam coming or even the actual end of you know the the end of the year exams for my b um what is it that that is kind of the the toughest thing the thing that's been the biggest challenge so far for you i think what you said is definitely that it's the assignments the end of term exams but it's also the worry about the course itself um it's a two year long course it's quite rigorous to say the least but then it's it's every little tiny assignment that builds up so all we have we all of us most of us have six subjects except for special exceptions so we get assignments for all of those six subjects which gets pretty hectic we have to it's not the assignments themselves but rather how we manage it because we have a fixed number of hours in a week obviously and being able to schedule our schedule our day in a way that we are able to complete all of them within time giving time to each one of them to be actually you know be able to learn something from the assignments and produce quality work most of the time i think half of us are rushing to just finish our assignments and be done with them but even that helps us learn because that helps us learn to plan properly especially me um i have had some fun time managing my assignments I think it's also teaches you how to manage time, isn't it? Through that yeah. fun time. Yeah. Are there some things that teachers could have could do better to help you out with that? Do the teachers coordinate so they uh, don't end up with big assignments at the same time? I mean, def- so I, I think our teachers do support us in a lot of ways, but um, there are some communication gaps between a teacher and a student because um, there are a lot of things that you know. a teacher is supposed to do um inside and outside of school and um they can't really they have to filter things out and tell us the information according to that they can't really tell us exactly what you know ib has told them to do so obviously they want you know teachers want us to finish our assignments and they want they also want us they also want some time for us to revise um all the topics that we've done because in the end we in may when we're going to give our exams we're going to give exams for uh, things we've learned over two years right and um um and 
so uh, we recently started a club in our school called voice it out where we are helping bridge the gap between teachers and students to express um that the things that they can't really say directly to a student and uh, the things that a student can't say directly to a teacher uh and coming connecting my point to this that um so the dp course is not the only thing we have in our life if life outside of school as well and we have our social lives we have our personal lives and all of it like this peer pressure there are um, you know different probably fights with our friends and uh, some family issues and we can't really express it to like to a teacher or to someone in school so you know that just builds upon the stress that we already have and that also makes ib very difficult for certain students mm-hmm. because um, it is a rigorous course and on top of that we're i think in 11th and 12th where there is a lot of pressure like college pressure and then fitting into society and then meeting all the expectations our parents have our teachers have and we have from ourselves i think uh, that reminds me uh, why you you know name that document which john had shared as voice it out so yeah i mean you know that clubs in that that name comes into picture i mean the points which you had sent across in the folder was called voice it out so yeah that connects interesting yeah and that kind of brings us to one of the things we wanted to talk about is communication obviously we've kind of moved into that and it's as a natural follow up to kind of reducing stress and helping you know if we have good communication um amongst uh, teachers and students and you know other groups other other permutations obviously there's parents and you know all the other things going on amongst yourselves as well um talk a little bit maybe more if you could talk about uh, how communication has helped or what people who are listening could do to improve communication in their communities so when we not communicate with people we're close to we normally end up like bottling up our feelings and that has a very adverse effect on our mental health like particularly if you take my example um initially when i go into ib i i was at a very bad stage in my life i had a lot going on personally with my family um with some interpersonal conflicts as well and at the same time i just got into ib i was suffering with a few subjects like emphasis on suffering but i could not communicate with somebody because i had new teachers um and i had no clue how to talk to them and if i had somebody i could like express what i was feeling to them i believe i would have been like not in that bad of a position where i had to end up taking like tuitions with the subjects i was suffering at and uh, they did help in the end but i was exhausted like initially like mentally i was drained by the end of the first year by the second year when you learn how to cope up with all of this and you have like bonds with your teachers you have new like different friends and like most of your conflicts die down you feel more happy as a person and your mental health is like more relaxed yeah you know it's my experience as a coordinator and I was also a, a physics uh IB physics teacher and a theory of knowledge TOK uh teacher and I would witness uh this same stress you were talking about the idea that that first year is really when it breaks you down a little bit and then you build it up from the skill set that you have kind of organized do you find that that was kind of everyone's experience that is that first year was the hardest I think so yeah uh because I guess in our first year we've been kind of getting the hang of thing. I think all four of us, I mean even though some of us, some of us are from the national curriculum and some of us are from IGCSC but you can kind of see the same struggles in varying degrees because IB is a totally kind of different program altogether uh, no matter the background you're from. So in your own way you have to adapt to the changes that will come with ib so by now that we're in year 2 uh, we've been through a year of ib where it was difficult for us kind of going through our first and second term exams so it's kind of it was also built up in stages where very initially we were unsure of what to do what to think what to say uh obviously subject choices and what we were going to do in cas e tok the dp core subjects because uh, we had almost no idea what they were uh, so and then it moved on to like 
first term exams and the aftermath aftermath of the those exams of the report cards started rolling in right so we've kind of been through that trial and error process almost where um we've kind of tried out different maybe subject combinations or maybe even uh methods of learning because we've also like been through a lot of like ATL sessions as well right so we've kind of built ourselves on the tools and resources that are provided to us by IB and by our teachers uh but we definitely struggled because we didn't have a lot of the tools in a in first year of IB or kind of kind of uh we're building on the progress of actually using those tools effectively mm-hmm. in our education process so it's more about how effectively effectively we use those resources or knew how to use those resources rather than kind of not knowing how to kind of struggling through learning learning a lot of the things as they were coming on because in the first year of IB you get a lot of first things so right. it might be your first time having a session first time going through the subject in IB so yeah i guess it's kind of built from that Uh, I think it's also the fact that it's a two-year program that that first year obviously is that build up and always helps. I think, and the more you face those uncertainties, the better it is for you to quicker you learn and better it is for you to build up and go to the second year. I think uh, the first year might be a little bit for you know uh, emotional and mental health is going here and there, but then that's where you learn to handle those things and then develop and stabilize it by the time you end. I think that's where you. that's where you build your yeah. uh, eq and eq your emotional quotient and adaptability quotient exactly the adversity adaptability and emotional quotient definitely i would say it doesn't really get easier in the second year but rather we understand how to manage it and how exactly. to handle it yes yes that's that the whole idea is about being able to adapt to be able to do that and as madhuri said know that it builds on to your emotional adversity and adaptability quotient and if we're able to do that i think the rest of it does follow properly and that's that's very good idea i mean it's not like we're clueless about what is happening around us or what are the skills we need in life we just don't understand them until we have to use them like the ib learner portfolio right all the attributes that are there of a ib learner um like being reflective or being communicative or being open minded they're all things that we know about even before ib Sure. Like we all know, we need to be these things, but it's we understand what it actually means to be, suppose, a reflective person, or how do you communicate? What is proper communication? That's why that engagement that. is so important. Oh, that famous saying that involve me and I learn it for life. Remember, so if you if you're part of it, you're doing it, then it stays with you. You also yeah. learn how to handle it, you know, to manage it. Also, I we in I we there's a lot of critical thinking. So you know, like probably because of TOK and um, a certain subjects that require critical thinking, you're like. For me, I have started to think about every single thing I'm doing, and I'm start. I've started to analyze the smallest of things because I think that is what has been uh, like. Uh, that is what what I've been doing for like eight hours in a day when I'm in school. Uh-huh. So it it has just become a daily habit, and then if it if it becomes a daily habit, then it's very easy. It flows very easily there, and then you're able to manage things for yourself. Was there uh was there a kind of a moment for each of you? Is there any particular time you can point to that said now you kind of had that aha moment? Um, I. I I really appreciate the fact that you you talked about the role of communication. I love the voice it out idea that you know you can sit and talk things through. Was there a certain person or a teacher, a student, um, or was it just kind of your internal voice saying, "Okay, I think I've turned a corner"? What, was there any particular thing that any of you could point to that you felt like, "Okay, I've got this"? The point when I started submitting all my assignments on time—that <laughs> was an aha moment. I mean, there are definitely assignments that go in late, but at least when I see the next, the next day, I see a new set of assignments. No pending assignment from the earlier day are left. So I think that was the biggest aha moment for me. That you know, finally, I've got it and I can do it. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I was not sleeping uh, well, in, like in the first year. So obviously, the next morning you w- you wake up and you're like, oh my god, you have to go through this day all of it again. And um, I was drained, but I think since uh, April. 
डिसिप्लिन में आई हैव कॉन बेटर इट लाइक स्पीपिंग जनरली एंड दैट्स हेल्प मी अलॉट इमोशनली आई वॉन्ट लाई फर्स्ट ईयर माई इट वॉज ऑल हे बाई फ्रीम आई वॉन्ट इट वॉज अ मेस बाई द सेकेंड ईयर आई थिंक आई गॉट बेटर स्पीप आई न्यू हाउ टू हैंडल सिचुएशन आई न्यू आई वॉज डूइंग माई वर्क ऑन टाइम एंड आई स्टार्ट कम्युनिकेटिंग माई टीचर मोर एंड आई वॉज लाइक आई कैन नॉट डू दिस असाइनमेंट दिस डेडलाइन आई हैव थ्री अदर असाइनमेंट इट द टाइम एंड मोस्ट ऑफ वेरी अंडरस्टैंडिंग अबाउट द फैक्ट दैट यू हैव थ्री बिग असाइनमेंट लाइन अप एट द सेम टाइम सो दे वॉट्स अ गेम लाइक a few days extension mostly so that um that aha moment came the moment my mental health just calmed down and mm-hmm. i got proper sleep after a whole year so yeah. you know my parents did mention that because in year 2 even i started sleeping earlier than i used to in year 1 <laughs> and um they 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 mentioned and they said that you know either you've got the hang of um what you know you're supposed to do or you're just done with <laughs> curriculum already <laughs> so obviously my answer was that i got the hang of what i'm supposed to do and that yeah. is i'm getting sleep at a better time than before that's uh, good that's good so ironically for me um my aha moment kind of stepped like stemmed from uh getting not so good grades in a subject that i was struggling with in year 1 uh kind of still am <laughs> but uh it was uh, it was at the moment like when we were just getting our marks announced and for that particular subject that i was uh, struggling in i didn't get good marks and i was really disappointed in myself and um i kind of i felt very lost because i had chosen that subject thinking that uh maybe i could get the hang of it by year 1 because um i did get better grades than what i got in the first term of year 1 but uh i still felt very disappointed and very anxious for my future because i didn't i i felt like i didn't know if i was going to improve in that subject but uh from the subject teacher that uh taught the subject to me um then uh, like is still teaching me the subject but she was the one who kind of uh came up to me after she gave me my uh, grades uh, and she kind of uh talked to me about that it's not so much about if i'm uh, not getting good grades but it's about the fact that if i'm improving or not um and i kind of had that realization that yes at least i was improving and i kind of felt proud in of myself in that moment because it meant that even though i was struggling with the subject uh i was improving in it and i uh, and i could work through it so that i could improve so it wasn't a downwards graph but an upwards graph so i kind of felt like eventually i would get to a level where i can get good grades in the subject and understand it properly so having that talk with my teacher kind of really helped me see the fact that i shouldn't be disappointed in myself um but also not feel like oh i'm on top of the world but right. more like keep myself grounded that i could get even like even better from here and that i am improving and i don't have to self depreciate right. and i don't have to put myself down for the fact that i got bad grades i think that the whole idea here is very interesting because it tells you how important the journey is that process is rather than just right. the end of it so if you are getting that aha moment in the process i think nothing better than yeah. that i think it's a great point what kashvi said because you know we set our own expectations and we get so anxious about meeting those expectations that affects on our mental health and then once we kind of do not meet those expectations we get so lost and we forget about the other things that we've been doing that are good for us and that make us feel happy so i think the realization moment always makes you feel better about yourself and if you know if i what i think is that you know whenever you're feeling low one should always think about how they feel about themselves and if they're happy with what they're doing mm-hmm. well credit to that teacher too kashvi that that recognized that you were probably quite disappointed but uh, your teacher found a way to 
um, give you a, a positive view of it. And it's, you know, the, the grading is still difficult, you know, and I, I still remember my high school science biology teacher who gave me the lowest grades <laughs> that I, that I had be, because he had high expectations, but he also connected with me in many ways. And, and that's why I became a science teacher like him. I wanted to, to be that teacher that connected with students. And so I, I think that that story is also helpful for our listeners who are, who are IB teachers that, you know, as you, as you work with students and we talked a little bit about communication, having that open communication, recognizing your students' expectations. And we all know that there's a lot of stress involved in a, in a rigorous course like this, but uh, you want to find a way so that students don't just give up on it and they have a, a, a foothold in, uh, in getting better at, at something that even it, it may not be, you know, it's likely not to be your career. It's not going to be something you're going to do your whole life, but it's still a set of skills and some things that you could learn from. So I appreciate that story. Thanks. I think, uh, John, I think what Kashi had said, I think that also adds you to and brings you to this whole idea of emotional health and especially that part where you talk about the and you're aware about your emotions, especially the fact that if the teacher has been able to recognize those emotions, uh, and has been able to connect and focus on those emotions and turn it into a positive manner for Kashmir to be able to get an aha moment even from a point where students would normally you know, feel very uh, demotivated is an absolutely amazing thing because that's where the whole idea of an emotional, a positive emotional health comes in. And once that happens, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe that would also help your men- that, you know, help the mental health to, to go up, the ability to cope and manage emotions would go up and it, it would add positivity to relationships and it, it actually helps you to think clearly, make better decisions. All that, you know, it's a ripple effect which adds on one by one once that is sorted. Mm-hmm. Definitely, sir. I think what you're saying is that there's a connection between mental health, emotional health and communication because, again, if you bottle your emotions up, you're not talking to anyone about what you're feeling. It straight away has an impact on your mental health where you feel you do not feel like you want to interact with people and where you feel that you know um you know i understand Bahar, what you're coming at and i think uh john if you allow me to you know there is this very saying from what kashmi and, and bahar and all of them have just said you know keeping this emotional mental health in mind it's not just also about being able to complete work or being able to have that positivity but also i think it's a matter of trying to support each other and help out each other, especially those who have not been able to, you know, uh, do things which were expected. And there is this very small, you know, f- four lines, which I stuck to, you know, got to read today. And I thought this is something which I should share with you all. And John, if you allow me, I can just read it out. Please. Uh, the, the heading is this hit me, hit home for me. It says when a flashlight grows dim or qu- quits working, do you just throw it away? Of course you cannot. Or of course you don't. You change the batteries. When a person messes up or finds themselves in a dark place, do you cast them aside? Of course not. You help them change their batteries. Some need AA, that is attention and affection. Some needs the AAA, attention, affection and acceptance. Some needs the C, compassion. Some needs D, that is direction. And if still they don't seem to shine, simply sit with them and quietly share your light. So it's like, I think... If we can do that mm-hmm. and try and understand, I think a communication helps us to do that a lot if we are doing that in a positive way. And I think that would, if and through communication, if we're able to do this, our emotional and mental health, you know, is, is right. it's going to be in a, in a positive frame. Yeah. Right. Right. Teenagers are mostly like, um, misunderstood because um, they might be acting in a certain way but wanting something else also that you know at this at this point in life you don't really you you filter what you share and you know there's some things that you keep to yourself that are bothering you and um, when you can't share those things you act differently which is not accepted by people and people always forget to understand why a person is acting in a certain way but um, what they do is they might like probably start talking things about a student that they not they might not like or they or you know um, a student or, or you know you just feel isolated in the society because the, you like I as a person do a lot of things which I think make me fit into my uh, classroom and you know I conform to certain things just because 
I don't want people to think differently about me. So I think this is something all of us face at this age. Usually when we, even when certain people do share it, it's not accepted easily. So acceptance plays a huge role um, while you're, and acceptance not only by other people, but yourself also to be mentally healthy. And there's certain things that, you know, you can avoid, which are avoidable and certain things which are unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So like when you get into IB, you form some unhealthy practices, which obviously take a toll on your mental health. Like um, obviously, um, like not obsessing about the sleep part, but your sleep schedule goes haywire. You start forming a lot more interpersonal conflicts because you're not able to give the time you want to give to people in your life. You like you're also struggling with academics at the same time, and you can often have like anxiety burst outs or just um, mood swings. A lot of them, but these are practices that you can't avoid. Also, at the same time, and what you can do to limit these unhealthy like what you can do to make it better is like limit the unhealthy practices because you can't avoid them you can take like healthier actions like you can try meditating try doing yoga try doing some kind of sports which would control your reaction also like learn how to keep a control on your reaction when you face them because some of these some of the and what like that's something that took me as a person a lot of time to learn while being an IB. It's like we're kind of uh, not just from let's say IB and its requirements, uh, but also again our personal relationships to ourselves, to our environment, to our work ethic, uh, because there is an expectation to kind of always do good in life or have successes almost consistently, constantly. So I even talked about the fact that I was disappointed in myself because I couldn't get good grades. It's that thing where I, I even though I did get good grades in other subjects just because uh, I was struggling in one subject and I felt like I wasn't fitting into the expectations of everyone else and that everyone else would also be disappointed in me. Uh, whether it be my parents, my teachers, peers around me. So that kind of channeled into the fact that I was feeling bad about myself. and But it also allowed me to critically think about maybe what I was doing wrong. Because again, that reflection period is really important. Um, so it's a good thing to set expectations for yourself. But and probably taking suggestions and constructive criticism from your peers. But it's also important to help those build you and shape you up into a person that you want to be and you feel happy about. Uh, but also a person who's not only hardworking, but also smart working. Because I feel like we've all ki- kind of learned that, that in IB you need a good mix of both of those things to kind of progress forward and get through all of it together. Mm -hmm. Something that comes to mind as you guys are talking about, um, you know, kind of the the different expectations and your own self expectations you have for yourselves. Um, You know, when the notes that we shared, um, you mentioned motivation a few times. And one of the things I think uh, is, is a cautionary note about being an IB student is understanding what is your motivation. IB is designed, the diploma program is designed for you to be strong in some areas and not as strong in others. So you're, you're, you're welcome to get a lower score. You're, you know, it's like you're doing some things that you aren't all in your wheelhouse. And so, you know, you might get a three in an exam, but you might balance that out with a five or a six or something. Uh, I always worry about students that set a goal for themselves to get a certain point score out in the end. Uh, I need to get a 37 or higher because this college wants a very high scoring student. But ultimately, the IB is about being a well-rounded student who's developed a skill set holistically uh, from taking these different experiences, maybe you guys could talk a little bit about your own personal motivation and maybe something you've learned about that motivation for those that are are listening, especially from the student standpoint. What's been your what was your motivation to get into the IB uh, diploma program in the first place? So for me, um, I chose to do IBDP because I I felt attracted to the way the course was explained. The 
the fact that I could take six subjects, firstly, which um, six subjects which are very vary- varying, and it it excited me. Like I have psychology as a subject right now, which I don't think I would have ever taken if I didn't need to take a subject from that uh, specific subject band. And I don't think I would have ever taken up psychology otherwise. But then now that I have, I find it so interesting. And it's something that has taught me a lot. Similarly, the way the course is designed, it is something that is unique. So it kind of pulls you towards it. And my motivation for trying to excel in the course, and well, one of the motivations I one of the motivations for me doing the course is to excel in it. But um, because, well, everyone has goals for themselves. Um, my goals are obviously something high. I have high expectations of myself, but then everyone does. Maybe I think, uh, you know, the whole idea of this point which you mentioned about motivation versus discipline versus work ethics, you know, the whole idea about many times, uh, you know, the... the the way the course is handled motivates you. Many times the environment you are in motivates you. Many times your own passions and you wanting to do something, achieve something motivates you. Uh, and and as you know, Kashmir had said, you know, the whole idea of channelizing her energy into football is something which motivated her. And as Bahar and Madhuri also mentioned, this whole idea, I think motivation can come from normally it's said no, that you have to have discipline to be able to do things but I think discipline could also be a source of motivation and the fact that you want to get things sorted and get moving on with the, in the right direction is uh, it, it all adds on to uh, I mean, of course it's also motivation to everybody is different but again you know uh, seeing the way the program is built up it actually tends to inculcate these naturally into you and you know when you talk about rigor when you talk about you know, the whole idea of going into depth and width, this all comes, uh, you know, automatically, I think, as, as best practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say something in relation to what Sir said about motivation, discipline and work ethics. Um, so for me, I think um, the biggest motivation was to, un- in the beginning, we talked about how the IB curriculum is has a different mindset. And I actually want to... Um, pursue uh, my higher studies outside of uh, India and uh, I want to go abroad so I want to understand you know I wanted to understand the mindset of people who are living there and how you know they're studying in their own countries so um, I think that was my biggest um, motivation talking about discipline We've mentioned a lot of times now that it's a rigorous program and, you know, in a rigorous program, if you're not disciplined, you will not be able to achieve the things you want to achieve. So our work ethics have to be on top and and they have to be um, well balanced and well maintained for us to be able to um, achieve different things we want to achieve in life and um uh, in in the program it's not only um in this sense it's not only cash that is helping us but also academics because i am a psychology student i want to pursue psychology in my higher studies and i am learning so many things about the human mind and behavior and i'm able to apply it in my real life my biggest motivation to take IV was that i could take um physics and maths but politics at the same time because I really wanted to I was very passionate about it and I always knew the moment I if I buy like if I felt I was done with physics and maths I was um, I didn't want to pursue it further I could fall back on politics so that became my biggest motivator because of the because of the fact that you could change levels and high be un, uh, until your third term I think um and I did in the end. I had physics, maths on a higher level and I changed it in the end with English and uh, political science on a higher level. And that was one of my biggest motivators. But um, other than that, I think I can motiv- motivate myself. And I'm like, when I make shorter goals, like don't think of a long-term plan, but think of like instant gratification, like make shorter goals. Like if I finish these two chapters of physics tonight, I can treat myself after that and go to sleep in time. And that instant gratification slowly, slowly, slowly helps you build onto your longer goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
that's how like you that's how you keep yourself motivated because instant gratification at least in our age is a massive motivator spoken as a true true 21st uh, you know modern day <laughs> teenager the instant gratification part part being emphasized <laughs> yeah yes sir, for sure uh, john was saying something i think kashri was going to say something you know um well sir spoke for us but i'd agree with uh, madhurya that it is instant gratification that is a really big motivator uh but also kind of the motivator for me for actually doing ib was the fact that i could branch out and um have a larger scope of the world itself because i am a person who's really interested in science and tok but on the flip side of the coin i am also interested in like english literature and business studies so well science and tok allowed me to really think deeper into what the world is and how like just how marvelous the world is not mm-hmm. only just studying wise but it was really cool to me on how i could like find the craziest theory about something and uh, it would still be viable and it would still be fun to learn um and that i could analyze it for hours on end and that's what connected to english and business studies as well uh so the way that i structured my uh, so as because you said about uh motivation versus uh discipline versus work ethics i feel like that work ethics in itself or one's work ethics is very much uh encompassing both motivation and discipline because while motivation is something that you actually need it's like the spark that you need to uh, ignite an engine of thought or kindle the fire in your brain where you're really interested in something so even a subject that i'm not at all interested in that i'm not doing well in if i find a really interesting theory uh I can instantly spark up a whole research and everything. I could go on to Google just research on it for hours on end, right? Um but that's the thing. I it's also keeping that balance between motivation and discipline. Uh any final uh thoughts or advice or things that you want to share about your experience in the program and and maybe to help out uh, students considering it. Um and then we'll kind of wrap things up here today. I think there's one thing that is there. um a lot a lot of us are struggling with ib their minor struggles major struggles like all of us have our own struggles with the subject and all of us still haven't figured out how to express them so i think one thing that we need to keep in mind is it's never too late like um i remember we were talking about aha moments right it's not necessary to have a big aha moment it's you can have small ones too like mm-hmm. i know i have ones weekly i would say yeah. i don't know let's just go with that that's a great point it, it doesn't have to be a big deal i guess a really great point just take the little victories the little the little uh, positive things that come out and and embrace those i think uh, i would just want to you know uh, as john said i think the out of the experience which i have seen over a period of time uh i think emotional health tends to have a direct impact on your mental health and it it's it has a great connection because uh you know you imagine i many times have felt and i've said also many times in school that i as looking at the teenagers or the children of you know age 12 to 15 or from grade 9 to 12 maybe uh, the kind of multiple hats they have to wear at home at school and so many things they go through i think it's hats off to them that they are able to manage the emotional as well as mental health plus they are able to communicate uh, to assignments manage tests see things at home as madhuri had said no that first year where you had interpersonal skills being a problem uh, there are so many times where there are things at home which you are looking at as a kid and you're trying to understand as to why is it happening and what is happening but i think if if uh, the whole idea about emotional and mental health can be catered to as a first step towards going going towards uh, you know intellectual health i think then it is a very important and a strong link because if eq and aq are taken care of are taken care iq is itself taken care of that's what i feel and many a times there is 
something which has become come today is called the LQ, which was saying that it's called the love quotient, where you are actually passionate and connected to what you do from the heart, and and that tends to have a positive impact on your emotion head and as well as your heart. And if you can get that time to be able to spend with yourself and what you really want to do, and can leading that leading to the head, that leading to the head and the heart. the head and the heart becoming one that can actually lead to lead to a lot of lot of positive emotional mental health mm-hmm. and i think ib as a curriculum yes i do agree with all of them it has its own challenges especially when you transition from either a different curriculum or you transition towards at the dp program it has its own challenges but i think looking at that glass being full rather than being empty uh, we could see the we could talk about you know and and realize those benefits which it give us as in the form of you know being able to plan ourselves being able to you know those atls as well as those profile attributes which tara talked about how it builds you up as an individual how it prepares you you know those terms like international mind and understanding people accepting opinions collaboration critical thinking all these aspects tend to bring in and i think if you are open to all these things uh knowing our own school's culture where teachers tend to support you the max they can i think that connect when it comes in once you have that connect with yourself with each other and with your teachers emotional and mental health can be taken care of and therefore your academics can be taken care of as well i completely agree with you but um like obviously it takes time to build that connect so like some basic things you can do for yourself when you haven't had that connect is like i really would just learn how to manage time that is one skill that will get you through ib for the two years you're there and like beyond that also even on a day to day that really helps also if you're not taking care of yourself it's going to have an adverse effect basically if you're not taking care of yourself you're going to harm your eq and aq and like vikas sir said it's going to have a direct impact on your iq also so you have to like if you made a timetable it's full with you it's full with studies and academics you need to take out time for yourself and not just for cash but also like just being with yourself having some alone time and being organized is key in ib if you're not organized you're going to have a lot of anxiety and stress and also trying to and also try to learn to build the connect try to build that connect right? you you have to learn how to reach out to people because people would not always know what is going on with you you have to go out and talk to them and uh, explain your situation to your teachers or your peers or your friends that even they that also helps sometimes just talking it out also helps absolutely i think it's important to ask and seek help and it's okay not to be okay you know many times that's there is there like one more advice follow the deadlines your teachers have given that makes your life so easy and um, don't skip class genuinely um so i feel that we're on a journey where we discover uh, something new about ourselves probably every day every week or every month and um you know like we've mentioned a lot of times now that it's not only the studies it's other things as well more than that it's being true to your own self you know if we are true to ourselves those challenges would be very easy to um overcome yeah just connecting everything it's very important to find a work ethic or a work schedule that is fit to you you do not have to fit into a schedule which and and compensates everything all at once find something that is unique to you because your struggle is unique to yourself and your challenges and your work is unique to you so just find something that fits you and not the other way around that you have to fit into a box or a schedule excellent we all have our own stories and That's right. That's right. Well, I want to thank all of you for your time this evening uh and it's been 
uh, really eye-opening. And I think, uh, like I said at the introduction, um, many of our listeners will find the universality of what you've been talking about because that's kind of the way it works in IB because it's a global um, framework. It it uh, It is some in many ways similar for everyone, but as you just said, it's also unique to you. And so you make it your own and you find your own ways to to cope and to uh, thrive in the program. And yes, there will be struggles, as you all said, but um, you also have uh, ex- expressed many tools that others can pick up on and and just uh, uh, know that it is a journey that you're going to be taking. And in the end, it'll uh, hopefully be worth it for each of you individually. And, and then you'll end up finding yourself uh, in a better place and ready to take on the world. So thanks again to all of you. I appreciate this. And and I, I've had a fun time listening to listen to you talk about this. So, uh, thanks again. Thank you so much to you too for giving us this opportunity where we can talk about how we feel and where we can help others also understand that it's okay to feel this way. Absolutely. I think yeah. Uh, uh, thank you so much, John, for having this, uh, having us on, and giving us this opportunity for the students to be able to express us, express their whole their thoughts on emotional communication at the IB framework. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks again to Vikas and his students, Tara, Bahar, Madura, and Vakshi. Now that we have over 85 IB Matters episodes covering a range of subjects, you can use our podcast webpage, which is organized by program and by topic. The link to the website is in our podcast notes. Please find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. Join our 3,500 followers on Twitter at MattersIB. Also help us spread the word about IB by liking, sharing, and reviewing the IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In our time on the air, we've been heard in over 150 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB.